Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Welcome to the Gaming Ride Home podcast for Wednesday, March 4th. I am Kyle Hilliard. Here's a whole bunch of video game stuff that happened recently. A new Star Wars game, Mavericks, was revealed in a data mine. Google Stadia gets a small but welcome update. The Uncharted movie takes a step towards becoming a real thing. And the PlayStation 2 is 20 years old today. A Star Wars game called Project Maverick suddenly appears on the European PlayStation Network. There is a Twitter account called at PSN Release that tracks new releases on the PlayStation Network. It's a bot that watches the store and sends out notifications when new games land on the online distributor. And it caught something weird early this morning with something called Maverick, which is apparently a Star Wars game. Michael McWhirter for Polygon reported on the surprise data mine reveal, writing, The title was simply uploaded as Maverick, according to the at PSN release Twitter account, but was paired with artwork that reveals a potential new Star Wars game. That artwork features a lone Imperial Star Destroyer and a small fleet of X-Wing starfighters, implying that the project would likely take place around the original Star Wars trilogy era. So the art in question looks like it's on a volcano planet, which in the world of Star Wars probably means whatever this thing is, it probably takes place at least partially on Mustafar, the planet Darth Vader likes to call home, even though it's the planet where he lost all his limbs and just to be clear the game is not out today it's not something you can go and buy and play but it has a page in europe at least where the game will exist when it eventually releases unless of course it gets canceled which has been known to happen to unreleased star wars games we'll likely learn more about this new mysterious maverick game in the future Stadia's game capture capabilities are now live. I talked a bit about Google Stadia yesterday, and I shared my generally pessimistic thoughts about the service. So today, I wanted to share something a little more positive, because like I said yesterday, I am rooting for Stadia. So one of the complaints about Stadia when it launched was that many of its promised features were just not present. And some of those features were big ones that were directly connected to the hardware, like the dedicated capture button on the Stadia controller. Up until today, it served no function, but now the official at Google Stadia Twitter account tweeted, the latest Stadia update is live. Our game capture library is now available on Stadia.com. Download and save your in-game screenshots and videos on web to show off your legendary gear, brutal finishers, or just some scenic views. And then I I should add that, you know, the real reason people will use it is to show off glitches and bugs because that's pretty much what everyone uses the capture abilities for. James O'Connor, reporting on the update for GameSpot, writes, The capture functionality of Stadia is similar to the Nintendo Switch. You can either press the button once for a screenshot or hold it down to capture the last 30 seconds of gameplay. 
Stadia owners with a pro subscription are able to save up to 500 video clips and unlimited screenshots. Owners without a subscription can only save 100 clips. It's a little surprising that it has taken this long to implement this feature, but I'm glad it now exists and that it sounds like it works more like the Switch's capture capabilities. I love that all modern consoles feature capture capabilities, but the Xbox One and PlayStation 4's functionality is just weirdly difficult and requires multiple button presses to even access. Currently, I think the Switch does it best, so I am glad Stadia is just adopting that system. The Uncharted movie has a director and Antonio Banderas. The latest Uncharted movie update inches the movie closer to being a real thing that will actually happen. I am pessimistic about an Uncharted movie existing, which, by the way, a franchise that did not appear on the Hollywood Reporter's poll, Uncharted. Oregon Trail was on that list of video game movies people wanted to see, but not Uncharted. But that was just an aside. As cast members are added and directors are locked in, it is feeling more and more like it could potentially be a real thing someday. Ruben Fleischer, the director of Venom and the two Zombieland movies, who is rumored in the recent weeks to be directing the film, is now locked in as director, and Antonio Banderas has been added to the cast alongside Sofia Ali from Grey's Anatomy and Tati Gabrielle from The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina on Netflix, according to a story from Justin Kroll for Variety. It's unclear who these actors will be playing, but it has been confirmed for some time that Tom Holland and Mark Wahlberg will be playing Nathan Drake and Victor Sully Sullivan, respectively. The movie's most recent draft, which is how Variety worded it, was written by Art Markham and Matt Holloway, whose credits include Iron Man as well as movies like Men in Black International and Transformers The Last Night. Variety's story doesn't add a whole lot of new details about the movie, but noticeably absent is anyone from Naughty Dog, the development studio behind the Uncharted series. It doesn't necessarily mean... Naughty Dog isn't involved, but it would have inspired some optimism to see someone from the studio involved, maybe at like a producer level or something. The movie is apparently releasing March 5th, 2021, so starting on Thursday, they have a year to put this thing together, and I wish them luck. There are a fair number of new releases coming tomorrow and Friday that I will talk about then, but there was one surprise release this morning. Castlevania Symphony of the Night is out right now for iOS and Android devices for $2.99, and it features full controller support. This sort of isn't the first time Castlevania Symphony of the Night has been on mobile. In 2010, there was an iOS puzzle game called Castlevania Puzzle Encore of the Night that was a retelling of the classic PlayStation game, but it featured match three puzzle mechanics. It was a weird game, but I liked it, and looking it up today, I learned it is no longer compatible with modern iOS, which is a bummer, but hey, I don't mind settling for arguably the best Castlevania game ever made. Just make sure you're playing with a Bluetooth controller and not using the on-screen virtual buttons and D-pad, which is just always the worst. Microsoft also detailed what will be coming to Xbox One Game Pass subscribers in the next few days. Tomorrow, March 5th, you will be able to play NBA 2K20, a series that has consistently been the best sports game period every year it releases, and Train Sim World 2020 will also be available. Train Sim World 2020 
quote, uses real-world data to bring to life the performance, sounds, and power of real trains, which I'm sure is incredibly exciting for trains superfans. On March 11th, Ori and the Will of the Wisps will be available, which I am super excited about. I loved that first game. The sequel looks really great. It's one that I will definitely carve out at least a little time to play next week. Piku Niku will be added on March 12th, which is a colorful puzzle game that reminds me of Loco Roco, which is an old PSP game. In Piku Niku, you, quote, help peculiar characters overcome struggles, uncover a deep state conspiracy, and start a fun little revolution in this delightful dystopian adventure. It's also worth noting, and this is more just a personal note for me, that Game Pass subscribers will be able to re-enter the Bleeding Edge beta between March 13th and 15th. I fully plan on not accidentally missing it this time. And speaking of Microsoft stuff, Halo Combat Evolved Anniversary released yesterday for PC as part of the Halo Master Chief Collection. Halo Master Chief Collection launched on PC December 3rd of last year with Halo Reach, and the other Halos that are part of the Master Chief Collection are slowly being added with the intention of all the Halo games being available on PC before the end of the year. I have a lot of love for that original Halo and many fond memories of landing multiple Xboxes together to play the game with friends, so I might have to make some time to check out this sort of new PC version. I say sort of because Halo has been on PC before. Gearbox, the studio behind Borderlands, of all people, ported the original Xbox game to PC back in 2003, but this version, the version that released yesterday for PC, is the remake of the original Halo that released for Xbox 360 in 2011. I didn't play that remake a ton when it originally released, so this is a good excuse to go and check it out. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Recently, I talked about the release of a new Romance of the Three Kingdoms, and I mentioned that I had never met anyone who loved those games and i was surprised they kept getting a uh, new releases and i said hey if you're you know a romance player let me know i want to i want to meet you and i got an email here from pj who wrote me a big story about why the game is special to him which i'll read here pj says most of our nes game collection was garage sale finds however there were a few games that my brothers and i pooled our allowance money and saved to get 
One of them was the original Romance of the Three Kingdoms, and I could not really tell you why. I was maybe seven or eight, and my oldest brother would have been about 16, and we got a brand new in around 1993. To this day, that game remains one of my favorite games of all time. It was a deeply complex game that still remains simple. It would be like Risk where every country got a turn, and on your turn, you had a handful of things you could do, and all of your armies had a face and different stats. There was no earthly reason why three boys from... Okay, let's see. Let's try to pronounce this. Manitowoc, Wisconsin should have ended up with their hands on that game or have spent hundreds of hours on it. Some of the later entries got more complicated and it didn't really hit us, but I played number 10 on PC and more recently number 13 on PS4. They still remain great games, but I can see it being a very difficult series to get into. I remember when my brother bought his PS2 and one of the first games we rented was one of the Dynasty Warriors games, which uses all of the same characters from the same point in history, and we all still love those games too, even though it's just hitting the square button over and over until you win. So there we go. PJ, we now know someone who likes Romance of the Three Kingdoms and explains why it's so good and why they keep making new entries. So thanks. Thanks for sending me that email. And hey, if you've got an email like that, feel free to send it to me and maybe I'll read it on the show. Today marks the 20th anniversary of the Japanese launch of the PlayStation 2, which is pretty wild. I was absolutely aware of the PlayStation 2 when it came out, but it wasn't until hanging out with a friend who had one along with a copy of SSX that I realized just how vast the gulf between the PlayStation 1 and PlayStation 2 generation really was. I miss that era when jumping between consoles was really a radical upgrade that looked significantly better and different. The visual disparity between games generation to generation today just isn't as significant as it used to be. But hey, anyway, I have a lot of great PlayStation 2 memories. It took me some time to get my own PlayStation 2, but I remember playing a lot of Onimusha without a memory card, which meant restarting every time me and my friend Alan wanted to play it. But I was perfectly okay with that because that opening cutscene was incredible. I actually finally went and beat Onimusha on Switch when it came out last year. It felt like a weird blind spot for me. I had played the intro to that game a lot, but playing on Switch was the first time I actually saw it to credits. And I, I thought it held up pretty well, actually. I also played a lot of Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 3, and I remember Silent Hill 2 inspiring a whole new kind of uneasiness in me that I had never really experienced before. I had been jump-scared by Resident Evil plenty, but Silent Hill 2 was the first time I felt uncomfortable playing, and it was incredible. My favorite PlayStation 2 game, though, without a doubt, has to be Metal Gear Solid 2. In terms of getting invested in video game stories, I think Ocarina of Time and Metal Gear Solid 2 are my personal apexes. I don't know that I've ever gotten into games and their stories as much as I have those two games. I really felt like I was trying to survive on that tanker, and the ending is just incredible. Really, genuinely made me question everything that was happening. It felt it felt like the game was invading my real life in a tangible way. So, anyway, PlayStation 2, incredible console, happy birthday. I know the PlayStation Mini was kind of a dud, but Sony, maybe give a PlayStation 2 Mini with a bunch of great games on it a shot. I would be excited for that. 
I also wanted to quickly call out a piece from Adrian Chen for the New York Times about Hideo Kojima. I didn't report on it as a full segment because it didn't really have any news or revelations about the creator of Metal Gear Solid and Death Stranding, other than maybe learning about his clear obsession with review scores for his games. But it's a good piece about Kojima and what it's like to play his games. It's well-written, and it's one I would want to send to people who don't really play video games or maybe send to people who just have never really understood what is compelling about Hideo Kojima's games. You can find a link to it in the show notes, but it's called Hideo Kojima's Strange, Unforgettable Video Game Worlds, and it was written for the New York Times. Thanks for listening today. Here's my uh, my consistent closing rigmarole. Feel free to send me tweets or DMs with feedbacks and corrections to either at Kyle M. Hilliard or at Gaming Ride Home, or you can send an email to kyle at ridehome.info. And please consider leaving a review for the podcast whenever you listen to it. Uh, I've been getting a lot of really great DMs with lots of good feedback, and everyone has been super polite. And I just want to say thank you to everyone who has sent me feedback about the show. I really appreciate it. And uh, I'm trying to, I want to implement more of the ideas that I'm getting. One that I'm, I've been seeing a couple times is sales. I think people want to know when big games are on sale and stuff like that. So I'm going to try to start doing that. I got to figure out a good, consistent way to do that. Um, but uh, that's something I want to try. You can also check me out on my Twitch account, Kyle Impersonator, where I play random stuff three times a week. And then you can find me on the MinMax show for more long form video game discussion. I will talk to you more about video games tomorrow. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. <laughs> AutoTrader.